Hey friends, quick note before we get started. The internet connection for today's episode was not fantastic. The audio is still completely listenable, but I wanted you to know in advance that it's not quite as stellar as we usually go for. But I thank you for your patience in advance and hope you enjoy this conversation with T. Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey, friends. You know, it's actually not hard to find people who want to talk with me about how wonderful and amazing their sex life is. It's a lot harder to find people who are willing to record an interview about being in an unhappy partnership, having a sexless marriage, or having a difficult or painful sex life. But in fact, Those are the stories that are most frequently requested by listeners. We all want to hear stories that mirror our own circumstances so that we know we're not alone. It's an interesting conundrum. People want to hear the real, gritty, difficult truth, but they think they should only tell their story if it's pretty, shiny, and happy. That's why I'm always so grateful when I get an inquiry from someone like T. She told me that she's in an unhappy marriage and wanted to talk about it. So as a reminder, if you'd like to record an interview, click the Be a Guest link in the show notes in the app you're listening on now. And now let's jump in. T is a 46-year-old cisgender female who describes herself as African-American, straight, monogamous, married, and premenopausal. She has two children at home and describes herself as tall with a few extra pounds. I'm so pleased to introduce T. T, I am so pleased to talk with you today. Thank you for joining me. As I am also, this is an awesome idea. Thank you. I'm really pleased that you want to be a part of it. So let's just jump right in, right from the beginning. The question I always start with is, what is your first memory of sexual pleasure? I want to say I was 16. Yeah, I was about 16. And... It was strange because, of course, boys do what they always do. They hit you. 
(laughs) when they like you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like pulling your pigtails and just sort of, yeah. yeah. And um, I I remember this gentleman, he he kept messing with me, kept messing with me. And then finally, we were at the back of the schoolyard. And he just walked up to me and kissed me. And it was just like this, I don't even know how to describe it. Just this feeling went through my whole body. Mm. And I didn't know what that was. So I was just like afraid. So then I hit him and I ran away. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) were you, I mean, other than the fact that you didn't know what was going on, (laughs) were you excited by the kiss? Like you had that body feeling, but were you like, Ooh, something important just happened? Or were you just like, Nope, I'm out of here. That was scared. I (laughs) ran for my life. (laughs) (laughs) Had you liked him? Were you interested in him? Yes and no, because I didn't understand why he kept hitting me. So whatever feelings that developed towards him, I was just like, okay, I just want this dude to stop hitting me. (laughs) Yeah. When you say hitting you, how hard was he hitting you? And on what part of your body? Um, he would punch me in my arm. Uh-huh. Um, he would do things like if we were jumping rope, he grabbed the rope and like hit my legs with the rope. Like it was oh just a weird, annoying thing. <laughs> yeah. was, it hurt, but it was just annoying. It was like little brother annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is not really sexy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> So you ran away. Was there a point at which you were like, oh, maybe I want to do that again? Or or were you like, was that it for him? It it, it took a while. Um, I want to say maybe like where this was like the middle of the school year, towards the end of the school year, that's when I kind of let him get close enough to me to where he kissed me again. And I didn't like resist. Yeah. Was the second time fun? Did you enjoy yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did anything happen from there? Uh, not really. It was kind of more like just kissing. Yeah. And, it, you know, walking home, holding hands. And you said that first time you got sort of that electric feeling through your body. Did that continue as you continued kissing him? Yes. Yeah. Was there any part of you that wanted more of that? Yes, but I just was really confused on what was happening and I just kind of staved off. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit further. What was there any physical affection in your home? Like when you say you didn't know what was going on, how much kissing had you actually seen? How much had you been exposed to? Oh, like watching movies and, you know, little stuff. Um, yeah. My parents, they smooched here and there, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything too involved. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them worked. They were busy missing each other here and there. Um, yeah. But they weren't too involved as far as in front of me. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I have accidentally heard them <laughs> having sex one time because uh-huh. I was like 17 or something. But other than that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, did you have any siblings? No, it's just me. Just you, I see. So it's not like you had an older sister who would like come home from a date and you got to hear what was going on or something. No, no. I, yeah. What's funny is most of my cousins, I, I have cousins that are kind of like siblings to me, uh-huh. but they're all boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was the oldest girl. So it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, did your parents talk to you about your body or about sexuality at all? Uh, my mom was more like on the portion of hygiene. But it was more like, don't let you let boys touch your body. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, okay, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily informative. It was just like, don't let things happen. Yes. Yeah, sure. And um, you mentioned that you went to Baptist, a Baptist congregation. What kinds of messaging were you getting from your religion about femininity and sexuality? Well, as far as church goes, um, you know, they encourage um you know, waiting till you're abstaining until you were married. Mm-hmm. Um, but my congregation was like, literally, it's, aside from us kids, everybody was married, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay, so that doesn't seem so hard. Uh-huh. So, so it wasn't like you, you were saying, I don't want to wait until I'm married. I was just like, yeah, that's kind of just how it is. Yeah, because it, most of the people in my my church and many of like the the older congregation they were married for 40 50 years so it was like they were married since they were teenagers so it was yeah. like <laughs> so it was like oh well okay that that's not hard to do because I'm already 16 what's two or three more years so sure sure and what about your parents did they get married young there was a nine year age difference between my parents. My mom Mm -hmm. was 21. And did they have a happy marriage? Not really. And -hmm. that's probably part of what my anxiety was because they argued a lot Uh or what I deemed as a child as a lot. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Was it loud? Was it scary to you as a kid? It was loud. It was, some things were like really disrespectful and, mm. you know, I would just go upstairs because we had a two family house. I would go upstairs to my grandmother's house. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's hard. And we don't even realize how much messaging we're taking in as kids when we hear Absolutely. that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's part of, part of an issue that I deal with now because I don't, I don't argue. Huh. I choose not to. Um, if we can't sit down and have a grown-up conversation about things without throwing insults, without, you know, making harsh references, it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay. You feel one way. I feel another. How can we work that out? Mm -hmm. But, um, that, that seems to be an issue because, uh, my partner is a yeller and a screamer. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) sure. 
And so do you, because you have different fighting styles or conflict styles, do you feel like you're able to get heard when you need, when you're upset about something, are you able to be heard by your partner? No. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you handle that? Uh, Meditation. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it, it resulted in my blood pressure being all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't, I deal with it the best way that I can. And I I try to minimize what the kids are exposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure we'll end up back here, but let's go back to where we were in the timeline. Um, was there a point at which you discovered your own body? Did you start masturbating at any point? I I guess late, more close to 17. Um, yeah, I I was kind of late with everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but once I, once I got to that point, um, of, exploring and, and, and dealing with the feelings that I was feeling from kissing this gentleman. Um, <laughs> it, it was just awkward. How do you mean? I didn't have anyone to like really conversate with because mm. um, some of my friends started early, you know, 13, 12. So they're well advanced past me. So they're like, Oh, you, you, you just do that. Well, how come you don't do this? And this, so all of these things, instead of trying to explain them to me, yeah, just criticizing me for not knowing what they are. Yeah. So, what kinds of conversations were your friends having that you were listening to about sex and sexuality? Uh, conversations about relatio, full-blown intercourse, mm-hmm. some things that I just weren't comfortable with because. The way they described it, it 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 didn't seem like it was fun. Mm. Yeah, so it just maybe they didn't mean it to come out that way, but that's how it came across. Like they weren't really enjoying it; they're just doing it because that's what was asked of them. Yeah, well, I actually think that that's probably pretty true. That is a very common uh, for all women and particularly in the high school age that we just do what we think we need to do in order to get the attention and, uh, and intimacy and affection that we desire. Yes. Um, So listening to your girlfriends talk about all this, did it make you feel even more like, uh, I'm not sure that this is for me? Yes. And no, because by that time I, I actually started to, um, I met a gentleman that's who I lost my virginity to and uh-huh. it's just awkward. <laughs> yeah. So were you, did you want to have that intercourse? I did. It was just, and you may, you're probably going to laugh at this because I laugh at this myself. I should have picked someone a lot smaller because oh, it was yeah. kind of a big football stature <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah so the strength and the whole that whole thing and he wasn't gentle about it so mm, i'm sorry 
that's that is a lot to deal with the first time you're like trying to figure out your own body and feeling overwhelmed by the person you're with that's hard yes yeah um why did you choose him he was really sweet um he was attractive tall really nice athletic very smart uh, the one thing I I did realize throughout my life is I was always attracted to guys that were into education. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, if you start talking about something that I'm interested in or whatever, you have my attention. And it's like, okay, I'm sitting there and we're talking and just getting engaged with each other. And it was, it, it was really nice. He's yeah. really a nice guy. Mm-hmm. So that first sexual experience, it sounds like, was not super fulfilling for you. No. <laughs> Did you continue seeing him after that? Um, not for that long, no. Yeah. What happened next? You said that there was another guy who was much older than you. Yes, he was. By the time I was a junior in high school, um, he was a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. And he was really nice, awesome. He was really smart. And I, like I said, I, I would just sit there and awe and just listening to him was like amazing to me. But he was really sweet. He, he very chivalrous, would open doors for me. Uh, all, it, it was just amazing. Bring me flowers, all types of things. So it, mm-hmm. it was really a nice experience with him. And how was the sex in that relationship? It was different because he did take his time mm-hmm. um, and he kind of would explain things. So mm. it was a lot more uh, of, a, of a better situation because I explained what happened before. Mm-hmm. So he took it as, no, this is really going to be your first time because you that that's not what is supposed to happen. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So the first guy was of the punching you in the arm variety. Yes. <laughs> but, but it sounds like you course corrected. And the next two guys were sweet and gentle and kind. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm really glad. <laughs> it's funny because now that I'm in my 40s, I've had a lot of guys, you know, you run back into your old classmates and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're like, I had the biggest crush on you. I'm like, well, why did you hit me? Why didn't you say, let's go out on a date? God, (laughs) right. (laughs) So you had a lot of people who are interested in you. How did you feel about yourself? What did you think about your own body and your own attractiveness? Um. I was a little awkward because as I said, I, I'm six foot and by the time I was like 13, I was pretty much close to that height, but oh, I wow. was skinny as I don't know what, probably uh-huh. as big as a pencil. <laughs> 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 so I had no shape. As I got a little older, like once I got to as a six, 16, I started to get a little shape, yeah. but I just thought that I was too skinny and I suffered from a little bit of acne. So, you know, like all girls, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. trying to, to clear that up. But I didn't have that much self-confidence until 
maybe that that relationship with the gentleman from college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't have that much self confidence because it was like, oh well, you know, nobody wants me, yeah. and I and I part of me believes that's why I didn't recognize that these other gentlemen wanted to talk to me or date me or anything because I didn't think that much of myself. Yeah, absolutely. So you said that you started to get some more self-confidence in the relationship with the older guy. What do you think changed? What do you think happened in that relationship that helped you to see yourself differently? Um, I think he provided me with validation of the things you know, looking at myself in the mirror, I'm like, you know, I think I'm cute, but I don't think anybody else thinks I'm cute. And yeah. he was actually able to verbalize, no, you're beautiful. Mm. And that was that was like a kicker for me. Like, OK, somebody's actually telling me that and they're verifying what I see. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that was that was a great help to me. Mm-hmm. How long did you see him for? Um, that was junior year, senior year, almost two years. Oh, you were with him for quite a long time. Yes. And it was, did it continue to be a good relationship throughout? Towards the end, uh, it was difficult because he kind of believed that women should be seen and not really heard. But I hadn't identified that in the beginning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting to hear after you've said that that in sex, he really wanted to bring you along. He, yeah. Although, you know, actually, maybe it is some, maybe it is the next step of that same behavior. Like he sees himself as the teacher and the one to bring you along. And therefore, he is sort of in control. He is the one who's leading the situation and you should just happily follow. I can, I can see how those, that would be the next step in that behavior chain. Yes. Yeah. Just. Mm. Like I said, I wish it would have been a better situation, but things happen. Now he's happily married, has children. Yeah. Kudos. Now we're <laughs> able to be friends. But back then, oh, I good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what happened next? Um, it sounds like this was the end of high school for you. Yes. Yes. So I started college. I dated. I, I didn't touch anybody. <laughs> After that, I was just like, uh I'll go out on a date, but that's it. Yeah. And then my mom got sick. Mm. She stopped working. So I kind of, I went to my sophomore year, but then after that, I kind of dropped out to make sure that she was okay. Yeah. So I started working and then my former fiance, I bumped into him. He used to work at the pizzeria on the other side of the strip mall that I worked at. And he was really arrogant. And I remember like, this guy is really gorgeous, but I, I, ugh, his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but if you got engaged to him, you must have been with him for a little while. <laughs> yes, yes. We've been together for a while. We met and we hung out and... um Maybe it took us about maybe six months 
five to six months before becoming really intimate. Uh huh. So when you say it took five or six months to get intimate, does that mean that you didn't have any physical contact or does it mean you didn't have intercourse? You didn't have in- intercourse. So what were you doing during those five or six months? Um, kissing, making out, um, a lot of times just hanging out, really. Mm-hmm. Um, just hanging out, talking, getting to know about each other. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Were clothes coming off during the making out? No. No. So it really was pretty chaste. Yes. What made you decide that you were ready to go that next step with him? Um, it was just a feeling of being comfortable and being able to just let go mm. and just let it go. And, and he asked, it, I guess it was the same way for both of us. He asked me, what I, was I ready? And I, I said, yeah, and mm-hmm. just went forward from there. Yeah. So was it good right away? Or did yes. it have to develop? That was weird. That was, weird. It, it yeah. was like instantaneous. Like It was like kind of like a lock and key type of thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it, was really, it was really amazing. I want to invite you to imagine for a moment what your ideal sex life looks like and feels like. Who are you with? What type of sex do you have together? How do you feel while touching them? And how does your body feel when they touch you? Or maybe you'd like to be having less sex than you're currently having. If you don't know, or if that vision of your ideal doesn't look at all like what's currently going on in your bedroom, I can help. With personalized sex and intimacy coaching, we'll explore where you are, how you got here, where you want to be, and the steps to help you get there. There are no right or wrong answers, just the answers that work for you. I understand that exploring your sexuality and all that goes with it, your body image, your belief in your lovability, and more can be terrifying. Believe me, I sat in the middle of that fire for decades. I know how painful it is. But I also stepped out the other side, stronger, more confident, and more certain of my lovability and desirability. And I want the same for you. I work with couples and one-on-one, whether you've never explored your sexual desires before or you want to explore things you've never done before, like maybe BDSM or non-monogamy, or if you and your partner need some help figuring out how to communicate together so you can have better sex. I'm queer, kinky, and poly-friendly, and I want you to have a deeply fulfilling, intimate life. Together, we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your free discovery call, visit leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. A new client recently said that before her discovery call, she was extremely nervous, but that I made the experience feel easy and comfortable. So book your free discovery call today at leahcarry.com forward slash 
coaching. So you said that you got engaged. Yes. That was probably about a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. Um, found out I was pregnant a month after. <laughs> oh, wow. After you got engaged? Yes. Uh-huh. And um, I guess, you know, sometimes first pregnancies, things like that. I think I was five months and I miscarried. Mm. Did you want the baby? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That had to be really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Did you stay together after that? I mean, sometimes losing a baby can really um, create chaos in a relationship. And it did because I went through a lot of emotions and Mm -hmm. he didn't know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So he... um, he was saying that he had two children and he didn't want me to go through anything like that again. And he, he was saying that I should try to find some type of permanent birth control because he didn't want any more kids. And I said, but I do. Yeah. And the end result was, um, we broke up. Um, I tried to give him his ring back. He wouldn't take it back. He let me keep it. Mm. And um, I kind of took care of my mom after that until she passed away. Mm. Um, I had a a friend um, that I went to high school with and kind of pretty much we were kind of using each other for sex and and we you know he was getting ready to go into the military so it was okay well you're getting ready to leave so whatever yeah how old were you at this point by then i was 25 okay and um so that didn't last long, but that, like I said, that wasn't a relationship. So mm-hmm. I kind of um, did what I did and that was that. And then after my mom passed, my then ex-fiance came back and uh, he surprised me at work. He called me. He was like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm working. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> my workout. He was like, oh. But you don't look too busy to me. And I'm like, what? And I looked <laughs> up and he's standing at the door because he's in, uh. in the military. So he was in the, at the door with full uniform on. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. So um, he waited till I got off and we went out and had dinner and we just talked. Mm-hmm. And. Eventually, we ended up back together, mm-hmm. which was short-lived because, like I said, he was in the military, so he wasn't home. So we were writing letters back and forth and so on. And the whole baby thing came back up. And that's when he told me, well, I, I had a vasectomy. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he was like, I just... He said, I want to be with you, but I do not want you to have to go through that again. 
because in between the time that we were apart, I had a, a assist mm-hmm. that was the size of a, a, a decent sized grapefruit that oh. they had to remove. And um, so I had a C-section before I had a C-section. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So... But that's a hell of a decision for him to make on your behalf. You know, it's one thing for him to say, I don't want any more kids and therefore I'm getting a vasectomy. It's a completely different thing for him to say, I don't want you to go through that again. So I'm getting a vasectomy. That really removes your autonomy from the situation. Yes. And I, I, I don't think that it had anything to do with that. I think he just really wanted to make sure that he didn't get anybody else pregnant. Yeah. Whether it was me or anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't last long with him. No. So what happened next for you? For me, um, probably, I want to say two years after broke up, I bumped into one of my childhood friends, his um, older brother. And, um, we started talking, which is, of course, the man I'm married to now. Um, oh. But we were kind of like an on and off type of thing. <laughs> it, we'd get in an argument and then just don't call each other. You know, cell phones weren't really the big thing back then. So, you know, <laughs> if you didn't call somebody, it's just out of <laughs> out of sight. Yeah. Out of mind. So um, we were bump into each other frequently and then start all over again and then break up because of an argument and then start all over again. That sounds pretty volatile. I think yeah. that would be exhausting for me. How did you experience it? Well, like I said, if he didn't call, I didn't call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I'm not going to drive yeah. myself crazy. So at what point did the two of you decide that you wanted to actually be together? Um, I said to him, it's like, you know, look, either you're going to stay and we're going to figure out the arguments mm-hmm. or we can have fun this one time and you can go on about your business. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so it, it, he decided to stay. Interesting what a boundary can do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so was how was the sex in that relationship was it was it satisfying um yes and then it kind of i don't know somewhere it kind of turned yeah and i i presume that was me just growing but it it it's so weird because he considers me sexually immature. I can agree with that a little bit, but I have to look at my relationship. I wasn't running around town mm-hmm. jumping on everybody. Sure. So um, that was kind of a, a point for us that we, we still deal with today. 
when he says sexually immature, what does that mean? Does that mean just that you have less experience? Does it mean that you don't do things that he wants you to do? What what does what constitutes immaturity? Probably all of that and then so much more. Um, yeah. I think it's more so stated with those meanings, but also as a dig towards me because um, I, I don't have a lot of experience and you can't just talk me into anything. Hmm. I have been violated in the past. I, I didn't get into that part. Um, but I, you're not just going to talk me into any old thing. Yeah. You know, I remember doing an interview, this was near the beginning of this podcast with a woman who talked about how her husband had a lot more quote unquote experience than she did, because he slept with a lot more people, but that she had more experience in that she had fewer but deeper connections. Yes. And that those two things really aren't on the same spectrum. Like they, just because you've had a lot of sex doesn't mean you've had great sex. It just means you've had a lot of sex. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know in talking to women that there are a lot of women, what do they call it? Uh, The dead fish that Mm -hmm. they're like, oh no, I don't do that. And I don't do this. And I don't do that. I just lay there. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Lay there and watch the ceiling fan and wait for it to be over. I was that woman for most of my life. Oh, yeah, that that's hard. I mean, I've been there. There there are times that, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So it sounds like you said it started out pretty well and then it shifted. Do you know when the shift happened? Like, was it around when your kids were born? Was it before that, after that? Was there some impetus for it? It was before that. I, I, I think that um, there was a time where I took him out for his birthday and we were at this place. It was really nice. And the energy that he gave off and the way that he came at me was like really aggressive. Mm. And it gave me the feeling that I had when I was violated Mm. and I, you know, shoved them off, pushed them back and explained why, but he was inebriated. So he wasn't understanding that. Yeah. And I think that is the point, like a a pivotal point where things kind of got weird for us. So there was a break in trust and safety for you, and there was potentially some resentment that started for him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard to overcome if you don't have a great foundation for communication about what's going on between you. And we don't. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. But you stayed together. And I think that's more on my side because um, he's ill at this point. Mm. And I didn't feel like I don't want to just throw him out there to the wolves. Sure. 
If you were not ill, would you stay together? No. Mm. That's a that's a heavy load to carry. And I've told him this. He knows that. Uh-huh. Wow. So what is your relationship like today? Awkward. Yeah. Is there any affection between you? He tries. I don't. So that's not, when you say he tries, do you mean for sex or do you mean for affection? Well, he thought that maybe the affection part, he still shows me affection. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything else that stopped maybe two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what was the catalyst for that stopping entirely? There was an incident um, at a friend's party. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a young lady at the party who was really inebriated. Like she couldn't stand up when we got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the party had just started. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't even a birthday girl. <laughs> um, so, you know, I knew her, so I was making sure she was okay because she was like falling all over guys and everything. And she had this really short dress on. So my stepdaughter was with us and um, we were out on the floor dancing and he was drinking. Everybody was drinking VIP. So she throws her legs across his legs and it just became a little weird and yeah it was a comment made that was a little disturbing mm-hmm. which was towards the end of the night which was oh well she's asking for it your husband said that uh-huh. mm. and he suggested that the gentleman that we're going to take her home take her to a hotel mm. I said, she doesn't know her name. Why would you do that? Yeah. So um, we got in the car and he made some comments. And as I said, I've been violated. And we recently found out that his daughter had been violated. Mm. So making a statement that, well, people that uh, um rape pass happens to is because they want it or whatever the case may be. I'm like, she was a child. What are you talking about? Yeah. And me, I was a teenager, but I was just walking along. I said, so I I don't understand how you can say somebody wanted it. Mm -hmm. And just from that point, it was like, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. It's like, it's hard to trust when you know that somebody can hold that view of, even if it's not of your body, it's of somebody who has a body like your body. And therefore, it's hard to, to trust. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. What do you think will happen in this relationship, do you expect that you will stay together long term, given that he is ill? I don't think so. Because no. I'm 
trying to figure out a way to move forward. What would it take for you to be able to leave? Just to know that he, he will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the two of you have kids together? Yes. And um, how old are the kids? 10 and 11. What do you think that they are learning about sex and relationships from watching the two of you? Not much. Yeah. Um, what I try to do is to talk to them about their feelings. Mm-hmm. So if they witness something, I usually pull them to the side and ask them, you know, how do they feel about that? And just, I try to do my best to have positive reinforcement mm-hmm. and just showing them what with my girlfriends, you know, and their, their relationships and things like that, you know, just showing them positive reinforcement. Yeah. So let's sort of project into an unknown future for a moment. Um, one in which you have found a way to extricate yourself from this relationship. What, what do you hope for yourself in terms of relationships and sex if they're separate? Because for some people, they are. Someone that will be able to see me. Mm. And actually understand where I am coming from. Um, yeah. I know some folks use that, I don't understand what you're saying, to kind of get you off balance so that you'll just shut down. Um, mm-hmm. I'm tired of feeling like that. Mm. Um, I just want to be heard and seen. I'm not a lot. I'm not over the top. I am a simple person and all I want is just to be able to be seen from my side. For me, I feel like I'm a great listener and I listen to so many people. I'm like the secret squirrel. I have so many secrets. (laughs) (laughs) People always tell me all of their things, their stories. And, you know, so I just want that for myself. Yeah. And just to be able to be able to once again feel that magic where it just mm. feels like somebody's sprinkling pixie dust over me. <laughs> 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 so you it sounds like you do hope to have another long term committed relationship. Yes. Yeah. I hope that for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what is, uh, do you have any questions about sex or sexuality that you'd like to ask or talk about? Um, is it the one thing I hear a lot is about, um, men wanting to have, bring another person in or mm-hmm. to watch you with someone else. Mm-hmm. For me, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had a situation where that happened, but it wasn't another male that was a female. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it was kind of uncomfortable at, at certain points because I guess, sure. you know, the feelings of jealousy, like, okay, uh, you've been over there for whatever amount of time, like I'm still yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So are you asking if that is something that is common? Yes. Um, it For some people, it is a fantasy or uh, something that they make into a reality that they really enjoy. But that doesn't mean that it is um, a requirement. You are certainly going to be able to find partners who are not looking for that. Um, I have had a couple of partners myself who've been like, nope, I'm never doing that. (laughs) 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 And then there might be partners who say that is something I would enjoy, but as long as you're not comfortable with it, we're not going to do it. Um, And that's what I would want for you is somebody who, if your boundaries and your wishes and desires are different from theirs, that they can see you and they can say, I see that you're uncomfortable. I feel that you're uncomfortable with this. So we're not going to do it. And if you ever change your mind, you can tell me, but I'm not going to pressure you for it. Yeah. And you can absolutely find that. You are not doomed to have to find a partner who's going to demand this of you. Yeah, that's that's not a requirement at all. T, that is the end of the questions. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I'm i really grateful to you for having this conversation and for being so honest about where you're at right now. And I wish for you that you will find peace and happiness in a relationship that really works for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. That's it for today. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. As a sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. If you have questions or comments about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Full show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. And you can follow me at goodgirlstalk on the socials for more sex positive content. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. While listening to this show is free, producing it is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I'll gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Good girls talk about sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. 
Until next time, here's to your better sex life.